Pinterest would be a great way to put together boards based around themes or ideas or aesthetics to kind of show your ideal client that you know how to put things together. Hello, Wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, Episode 2. Today, we're talking about Pinterest. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts. Welcome to this episode of the Wingnut Social Podcast. Today, I'm excited to announce that I have Michelle Winterstein of MKW Graphics. She is the owner and principal designer, and Michelle and I actually have a history together. We worked on Darla Powell Interiors Pinterest page and Pinterest boards, and also she just recently completed the entire branding design for Wingnut Social at wingnutsocial.com. Michelle's passion for good design led her to study visual arts and art history at the University of San Diego. After graduating with her two degrees, she followed her family's entrepreneurial footsteps and founded MKW Graphics in 2014. Since then, she has helped hundreds of small business owners in San Diego and beyond create visually compelling yet marketing-minded brands. Please help me in welcoming Michelle Winterstein to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Oh, and also, <laughs> Natalie Graff is here with me today. Someday, I'm going to get that right and remember to introduce her. So, hey there, Michelle Winterstein. How are you? I am good. Good to be talking to you. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. So, I've told the audience a little bit about you and given them a little bit about your bio. What would you like to add to that and tell them about you? I am a very passionate small business entrepreneur. It definitely runs in the family. My mom is an interior designer, which is how you and I know each other, Darla. But I love working with small businesses and it's such a passion for me. So I feel very lucky to do what I do. Wait a minute. I think you travel a lot. I see a lot of travel pictures. Is is that a passion? Is that a passion as well? You could say, yeah, so I packed up all of my things from my apartment almost a year ago and put them in a storage unit and have been digital nomading ever since. So I've been able to take my work with me since all I need is a Wi-Fi connection in my laptop and work from cities and countries all over the world, which is wonderful. I am back in San Diego for a brief month or so, two months which is where I'm from and and where I grew up, where I also went to college and where I put down a lot of roots when I graduated, uh, made a lot of connections, networked a bunch. So at a co-working space, which I'm joining, which is super exciting. But yes, travel is my first love and I will do whatever it takes to go see all the things I can see. Oh, awesome. I don't blame you. Take me with you. (laughs) I love following you on Instagram and living vicariously through all your travels. You pretty much are my spirit animal. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Right. So we did let the listeners know that today's show is going to be more focused on Pinterest. So you were a terrific help to Darla Powell Interiors with the Pinterest because you took one look at ours and you're like, "Uh, no, girlfriend, (laughs) you need a little bit of help. So I wanted to let the listeners know a little bit more about how they can use Pinterest to further their interior design business, to get followers, to get leads to their websites, for their blogs. And the first person I thought of was Michelle Winterstein, who you did mention we met through your mother 
Susan, who is WWSD, what would Susan do? (laughs) (laughs) Who's been a a terrific mentor to me and helped me in my interior design business. And hopefully she won't get inundated with emails and requests after this. Right, right. Little mama shout out. Pinterest. Okay, so admittedly, Pinterest for me is not my favorite platform. I'm on all on Facebook, all on Instagram. So this is where I defer to the experts. So let's just start with the very basics for Pinterest. What should an interior designer, if they're just going from scratch, what should an interior designer look for when constructing their Pinterest? Do they have to get a business account or what would you recommend there? Yeah, so the great thing about Pinterest and the first thing to really understand about it is that it is a search engine instead of a social media platform. So the strategy is slightly different. Pinterest is a visual media platform, which is great for interior designers who have images of their portfolio work because it's a place to collect ideas. And myself, as a user of Pinterest, Pinterest has been around since 2012. I always used it as a place to gain inspiration. And I think a lot of people do because that is the primary use for the platform. But when you think about it as being in the creator's driver's seat instead of the curator driver's seat, you get kind of a different idea of how to use it to your benefit and how to use it as a marketing platform for any kind of creative business. So the way to go about it is to think about how am I going to be the answer to someone's search terms? So if someone is looking for a kitchen remodel in Miami, how do I make sure that my information, my website, my blogs, and my interior design business gets recognized as the reputable source for that search term? So that's kind of the game plan heading into Pinterest. It's different than Instagram. It's different than Facebook. It's not a place to must be messaging really or commenting on things. It's more of a, a platform to collect ideas and collect information. That brings up about a good point because one of my big things is engagement on social media. So Pinterest, that's not as crucial, you're saying, as far as commenting or what about commenting to acquire followers, you know, that kind of engagement. Is that, does that not apply on Pinterest? No, Pinterest is different. So Pinterest, again, we have to think of it as a search engine instead of the social platform. Although you can comment and you can be in group boards and community boards and things like that. There is a comment feature. There is a like feature. You want to get to the point where your content is circulated. So the best way to do so when you're starting out is really to think about how am I going to put myself on this platform as a creator and as a resource to people instead of trying to comment on material that's already there. Okay. I got a question for you as a complete novice of Pinterest here. Quite a novice. Yes. I'm, you know... Very computer technical. Unless it's do with accounting, I'm I'm a little lost. But when you're looking on Pinterest, when you're posting something and you want to pin something to your Pinterest, should you put them in a landscape versus a portrait? Which which way should your picture for the orientation? Which what what's yeah, that's a great the question. best recommendation to get it to look correct? So because the platform is that endless scroll that we know and love. You definitely want to have vertical format images because they will show up larger in the panel because there's a set width for each kind of column. It'll show up larger and you could include more information when your pin is vertical. So a good hack for that that I love to do is create pins that are 16, well, 9 to 16 ratio because that's the same ratio that you would use for Instagram stories. So if I'm creating a Pinterest pin, I love to create them in that size so you get a little bit more bang for your buck. So you can also take that over to Instagram stories or Facebook stories and you get a little more stretch out of those graphics if you're making them anyway. 
But there are different strategies and there's tons to read about what is the optimal size for Pinterest, but you want to go with that long, skinny kind of graphic. That's awesome. Nine by 16. We'll put that in the show notes. So if you guys go to Wingnut Social, yeah, go to wingnutsocial.com for under the podcast page and this all this great information Michelle's providing will be in the show notes, which, you know, that was a good question, Natalie, put as far as landscape versus portrait is visually what should interior designers be doing on their Pinterest? Now, I know that you and I, we created custom board covers for Pinterest, which came out gorgeous, by the way. I got a lot of comments on that, mkwgraphics.com. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that a lot of people for their Pinterest, for their blog, they're posting almost like magazine cover, you know, like with titles and, you know, here before and after, go see this, click, click here for more. What's the strategy behind that and how is that working out? Right. So you have a couple different opportunities to create that brand experience through your Pinterest page as a business owner. So a great way to do so is to make those board covers like you're saying. So these are the thumbnails that go to the front of the board. You have to do it in the settings per board to kind of show what you're going to be covering in the board. So for yours, we did kitchen ideas, bathroom ideas, things like that. And the way that we made those graphics is so that we also incorporated some of the elements from your branding. So we used those copper corners, we used the correct fonts, and we made it so that when someone gets to your profile on Pinterest, they're having a consistent brand experience with your Pinterest page than they would on your website or your social media or your blog. So this is a way to show someone who comes across your Pinterest page that you've got it going on and you're using consistent branding and that you're you're conscious of their user experience, which is really important for a small business owner because you don't want to look unpolished, unprofessional, haphazard. And it's really easy to do so with Pinterest, especially when you're doing something like collecting inspiration, where those things may not all coordinate or may not visually go together. So to do so, creating those board covers is just a really nice way to make that seamless experience. So that's the board cover portion. When you're making your Pinterest graphics, you can kind of get a little more creative with it. So the strategy, and I first started doing this with my mom and with her Pinterest page. And for each blog, we came up with oh gosh, 30 to 40 graphics per blog. And we tried to make them and mimic what San Diego Home and Garden or Architectural Digest or Sunset Magazine. I looked at all of them and said, okay, how can we recreate this editorial style, elevated, really attractive, juicy image to click on to get someone over to our blog? So the way to kind of work around that instead of cranking out a bunch of graphics with the same title is finding creative ways to make titles that go along with the information that's promised in your blog. So if we did a Spanish resort style bathroom remodel, we could do the title from this to that and show the before and show the after in the pin and then have them hop over to the page to get the information. Same thing with kind of a get the look kind of pin. Think about you're flipping through Cosmo magazine and the celeb is wearing the outfit and they're showing you all the pieces in the outfit and showing you how you too can look like this celeb. That's very similar when we're doing pins that are showing kitchen remodels, bathroom remodels. Like we want to give them that that information. Like we're using these kinds of countertops and this kind of lighting and these cabinet poles and Because that will motivate them to kind of hop over to the website and get more information and maybe they'll take a look at our portfolio and maybe they will submit a contact form because they really love our work and we're in their service area. That's the ultimate goal with Pinterest. That's the goal, right? Because the whole whole game plan is ROI for sure. Otherwise, why are we doing all this? Exactly. 
This is just exactly. part of the funnel. So earlier you mentioned that Pinterest is really just one big search engine. And you did talk about the hashtags and SEO. But if you could just kind of expound on that a little bit about now, I know Pinterest, this is something relatively new, right? Where they've allowed hashtags. Yeah. So the hashtags, it's hashtags are very recent on Pinterest, similar to how you would see a hashtag on Instagram or used on Facebook, that using a hashtag in your pin description will allow someone who clicks on that hashtag to see the most recent pins using that tag. This is really important because the big scary algorithm that exists on every (laughs) social media that is tricky and it takes a lot of time and effort and strategy to quote unquote beat the algorithm. So the way that this happens is because platforms like Pinterest, like Facebook, like Instagram, they need to make money. And they make money charging businesses to promote their content. So same thing, same goes for Pinterest. They want you to put your money where your mouth is, pay to promote a pin. If not, they want you to be constantly on the platform, constantly churning out content, constantly repinning content, constantly engaging with their platform because that's how they make money, which makes a ton of sense. So the way to kind of do this to your advantage is to use what they suggest as far as hashtags to make sure your things are are coming up most relevant to that topic, but also making sure that your descriptions are keyworded with the information that is promised to whatever your pin links to. So that's kind of the strategy there. Okay. So Michelle, you mentioned you did 30 to 40 pins for your mom's blog post over on Pinterest. Is that the norm? Should designers be putting out that many pins per blog post? And what? how does the numbers game there help? Uh, you know, it was probably overkill. <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily, my mom lets me experiment with just about anything marketing branding wise for Savvy Interiors and go for it. And what the reason we even got drawn to Pinterest in the first place is because I built the website and in checking the analytics on the website, 40% of our social media traffic was coming from Pinterest. And it was because of this fluke of a pin that my mom updated from her iPhone of Cortex flooring going in over tile that was off-center, unfiltered, grainy iPhone photo <laughs> that said Margate Oak Cortex installation over tile. And this pin went semi-viral. So the thing is, because she had linked it to Savvy Interiors, that we didn't even have a blog yet. She was, she absolutely refused to have a blog in the beginning. And I'm trying to tell her, no, it's so <laughs> I remember that. Ah, oh, I was just, I, I was, she's like, well, you can do it. <laughs> so I said, okay, gladly, I'm going to take this and run with it. So we work together where she's giving me the content. I'm helping her refine it. I'm uploading it to the website. And then I get to take that, the, those nuggets of information and make, pins out of them, which I love to do because I love graphic design and I love getting in there and finding creative ways to present information and images and graphics. So we definitely do more pins than I would suggest someone who doesn't have access to a regular graphic designer, most likely. Because yeah, for sure. You mean this is family perks is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Family bonuses. Family bonus because you're the kid. Okay. I got it. I got it. What I was trying to do from a graphic design standpoint is test out, okay, which graphics are we going to get the best return on? If we use and stick to her brand color is pink. 
some people have an aversion to the color pink. So we did some graphics with pink. We did some graphics without. We did some graphics in our brand fonts and colors. And then we did some graphics that looked a little more editorial. Because from my point of view, I wanted to see which are going to be the top performing graphics. What are people responding to? What do people want to click through to the website? And then whichever one was most successful, like you would do in A-B testing in an email series, you want to duplicate what's going well. Right. So you want to constantly be testing what is going to get me the best return for my effort. So that's kind of the strategy in the beginning for the pins that went along with the, the blog post that my mom was was creating and that we are creating together. What did we end up doing for mine? I think we did like three or four per or I can't remember I think exactly. We got, I think we were doing a half dozen per blog. And that was okay. a good a good sweet spot because you want to also be pinning the images within your blog. The way that Pinterest works is that you see an image and what Pinterest is really trying hard to do is making sure that that image links you back to a credible source. So Pinterest didn't really have control over that for a really long time. And I'm sure we've all done it where you see something beautiful on Pinterest and you click through to try to get more information and you get to a dead end. So they want to avoid that from happening. So if you are uploading a photo or you are creating a pin of a kitchen remodel, you want to make sure that that pin is going to that kitchen remodel for someone to get more information, because that's the point. As much as they're collecting visual information, you want to be able to be a resource for someone who finds your content inspiring. You want them to be able to figure out, okay, this is how I can get in contact with this person, ask them more questions, subscribe to their newsletter, follow them on social, yada, yada, yada. There's so many different calls to action that you can get from Pinterest. But the ultimate and the big mistake I see a lot of small business owners make is not taking the care to make sure that that pin is going to the relevant information. Very good advice. So you know that I did remember that after we did the Pinterest branding and the the new pins and everything for the blog that I got a lot more traffic to my website from that. So it's very effective because, you know, I was pinning stuff for my blog before, but not with the same strategies that you've mentioned or with the same type of visual design. And it is very effective. So we appreciate that advice. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting too, because Pinterest the way that I use it for my business is also as an inspiration tool. So I'm kind of looking at it and I think a lot of interior designers can do the same. You may make a Pinterest board with your client at the start of the project to kind of get a sense for their aesthetic, their style, what -hmm. they're looking for in their space. And a great way to start off that board would be kind of a collaboration and What I love about Pinterest, which they just kind of released within the last year, is creating sections. So I'm a brand designer. So when I'm working with someone on their logo, I'm going to create a Pinterest board that's here's all the ideas we can go for with the logo. But those logos may be in totally wackdo colors that we're not interested in working with. So I also (laughs) want to create a section within that board that's kind of the brand inspiration, the photography inspiration, the mood of the brand, so that we have those kind of segmented. It's a lot easier for me to communicate with my clients saying, okay, here's where we can go with this. And then once the project wraps, I go back into that Pinterest board and I'm pinning the final product. So I'm pinning the images from my portfolio that are you know, wing that social when we completed it so that someone can, <laughs> yeah. who's visiting my Pinterest can get a sense for, okay, here's how this process started. And then here's what we ended up with. Right. You and I did work together on Wingnut social. Michelle did all the branding for Wingnut social. And let me tell you, I've gotten so many compliments 
on the branding Yay. for that. It's in the logo. It's it's amazing. I'm so happy with it. And we did work with Pinterest, and that's something else that we do as Darla Powell Interiors with clients is we set up a mutual Pinterest board and we start dropping in, okay, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this style? And we really can get a good sense of their aesthetic, drop stuff in, and it's made it a very convenient tool to work with design clients. And the clients actually love to pen. They do. And as you guys know, working with clients, sometimes they don't always have the words to describe what they're looking for. So when I'm working with someone to create their brand, or when my mom or yourself are working with a client to do their remodel or rim design, they may not know the difference between traditional and transitional, or transitional and modern and modern and mid-century modern. So, but they know when they see it, they know, I like the way this room looks, but I couldn't really tell you what elements about it that I like. Same thing when I'm designing a brand. I like the way this brand looks, but I don't really, I can't really tell you what about it makes me like it. But if I can gather enough visual inspiration from them and lay all those pins out and take a look, I can say, okay, you like serif fonts and you like this softer color palette and you're really drawn to dark green. And I can kind of figure out, okay, what are the common denominators of what you've sent me that you say that you like? And then we can narrow in on a strategy for moving forward. Right. It's so funny that you said that because early on in the design uh, firm business, (laughs) I had a client that says, you know, I really love contemporary design and I just kind of ran with it. And then when we did the presentation, this was before we started using Pinterest in the beginning, it it ended up Mm -hmm. by her contemporary was transitional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, so you like transitionals because, you know, we take it for granted. We're designers that we know what everything If Someone tells me they like contemporary. Okay, contemporary it is. So that's another valuable tool for that, just to make sure that you guys are on the same page with your clients. I think Natalie had a question. I do. Um, So in the beginning, um, where we talk, you know, entrepreneurship, and when um, someone decides to go ahead and open up a design firm, in the beginning, when you're using Pinterest, is it better? I know that in the beginning, you may not have a lot of pictures and a lot of stuff from some project that you've done. What's your opinion on using your own stuff versus using someone else's stuff as long as you give them the proper credit? Or how does that work on Pinterest That's exactly? It's because it's- when you're starting out and you may not have portfolio images to share, or you may not have that client work that you can use yet, it's Pinterest is still a great tool. Pinterest is a great tool because you can start to collect idea boards and different mood boards for what your aesthetic actually is. And you can still be blogging. So even if you haven't started off with clients or you really, really are new to the scene, creating blogs like trends for fall or favorite colors of the year or even interior designers, other interior designers you're inspired by, giving adequate credit, of course, is super important. And I could probably record for like at least an hour on to- on that topic about image credits and making sure you're, you're doing that appropriately. But Pinterest would be a great way to put together boards based around themes or ideas or aesthetics to kind of show your ideal client that you know how to put things together. So pinning, uh, you know, I can imagine putting together a board that is like beach house bungalow. If we're talking San Diego, that could be (laughs) this whole beautiful collection of images from other designers, from design resources, from even just photography to give the mood of that space and kind of flex your creative muscles and show, you know, you know what you're talking about and you know how to put 
put things together. And, and you could create entire blogs based on that. You could create, here's a dream space, similar in the, in the graphic design community when you would do case studies. So this may not be a real client, but we're going to pretend that so-and-so is opening an organic bakery. And so I'm going to do all the branding and all the collateral and do mock-ups of, of business cards and takeout bags and coffee cups to show somebody, I know how to take this from idea all the way to fleshing out the whole concept. So yeah, I love that when you did that. Yeah. Similarly, you could do the same thing with interior design. You could show somebody really how, if this were in real life, this is how you would tackle this. How often should you post like as consistency wise and you know, how many, how many pens a week, a day suggestions there? That's a great question. And there's a lot of people that will tell you a lot of different things. If you want to invest a lot of time in Pinterest, you will definitely see the reward. Um, it can be tricky. It does definitely take time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes good graphic design and high quality images. So it is a bit of an investment. But if that's where you want to go with it, it's a great platform you know, to get started. I think that there's a lot of different people who will tell you you need to be on Pinterest every day. I'm definitely not. But there's a lot of people who will tell you you need to be pinning multiple times a day and that you need to use a pinning scheduler. Tailwind is one of those. And it's a really great tool and a good resource to kind of load up all of your content and like you would with Hootsuite or Gain or any of these other social media schedulers, schedule out that content so that you aren't just pinning 40 things at once and then leaving it alone and coming back next week. But that being said, that's kind of okay too. You wouldn't really treat Facebook like that or Instagram like that. You wouldn't go on Instagram and post 14 posts in a row and then say, peace out, see you next week. But doing that on Pinterest, it's, <laughs> it's kind of okay because that content is evergreen. And because the, the longer it's on Pinterest, the more potential it has to be recirculated and the more potential it has to be seen. So I think Pinterest really the strategy for a newbie is just creating quality content, creating good content that'll drive people to your website, that'll get them introduced to your aesthetic and introduced to your values and introduced to your style. And then working on it over time and kind of narrowing in on what you want that ongoing strategy to be. Well, that's awesome. I can tell you that I've learned a lot listening to you because, you know, I'm not very big on Pinterest. I'm just the accountant. So (laughs) uh, really interesting. A lot of great information. I know it's so funny because I told Natalie in the beginning, I said, Natalie, here's a whole bunch of cool podcasts you can listen to to get your social media game, you know, on point. And she's not really a big podcast mm-hmm. person. So now by default, she's having to learn by having her own <laughs> podcast. I love that you mentioned Tailwind because we use it for Pinterest here at Darla Powell Interiors. If you're really busy, you don't have time to sit there and, you know, pick out hours a day on pins, you can just schedule it and it, it auto schedules for you as well. So you just add the pins in there and it sends them out when they feel it's best and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is to keep in mind with Pinterest, just like any other social platform and even your website is check in regularly on your analytics. You may be surprised by which pins are performing better than others, and they may not be the ones that you anticipated. So it's good to continue to check back and to realize, okay, this is doing well. This isn't doing so well. What about this makes it popular? What about this makes it interesting? And how can we kind of duplicate that moving forward? And that's just kind of a general good practice for marketing period. (laughs) You always want to be checking back on those analytics and making sure that the effort that you're putting in is is giving you what you want and is, is performing the way that you want it to. And if it's not, 
reconsider, readjust, pivot, figure out, okay, we're going to do this like this and this like that now. And let's try this for a month and then check back. So I mean, like anything, you want to make sure you have those touch points. And if it's not working, then work with somebody to figure out why. Right, exactly. Like Wingnut Social or MKW Graphics and get your Pinterest on. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you've given us a lot of valuable information on Pinterest. I'm sure that the interior designers listening are very appreciative, but I'm wondering if you're ready now for the fire round. Oh, yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) You know, there's always something exciting and interesting when it comes to Darla. She's she's a little different. Five questions. The first one is, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Oh my goodness, palm tree. <laughs> I, got, I gotta have the beach. I just love the palm. beach too much. Okay, the second question is, if you were on a deserted island and you could only have one food, what would it be? Oh, breakfast burrito. Wow, my San Diego is really showing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what would you consider to be your favorite guilty social media pleasure? This could be an account you follow or... Oh... That's a good one. Instagram. I'm a sucker for Instagram and I am a sucker for Instagram stories, particularly. There are some influencers where I will not miss what they put out there because I just love it too much. It's like reality television. And number four, cats or dogs? I think I know that answer. You want to take a wild guess? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen her Instagram stories. I know that answer. (laughs) You know, both. Definitely dogs. Yeah, I know. I love your dog. Your labs are so pretty. She answered number five. She did. And my last question was Facebook or Instagram, if you could only choose one. Oh, Instagram. Far and away. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I love Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle Winterstein. Tell the audience what you're up to and what you have new coming out. Absolutely. So I just announced and pseudo launched this summer, a project I've been working on with two colleagues of mine called Small Biz Startup Guide. And this is an ebook that's available for purchase online that walks new business owners through small business planning, legal and branding slash marketing. So it really walks somebody through kind of the timeline. It's a roadmap and the way that those steps should happen chronologically to make sure you're set up for success. So I've been working on this book for about a year and a half. I'm a graphic designer, as you figured out by now. So it is beautifully laid out with plenty of worksheets, infographics, I'm I sure. mean, statistics, all kinds of stuff that's really helpful information and kind of would get you squared away if you've got that business idea and you're asking yourself, well, how the heck do I start this thing? how, when, who, where, what, you know, all that kind of, all those questions that when you are passionate about your small business, but you don't quite know how to get from point A to point B, this book is going to cover that for you. And can you give us the website? And we will also add that to the show notes as well. Yeah. So the website is startupguide.biz. And we've got tons of resources on there as well. Free downloads for our master timeline, which is the structure of the ebook, as well as blogs about IGTV, blogs about business planning, blogs about client success stories and small business spotlights. And kind of, we want to be a resource for anybody that has that small business idea. And like I said, doesn't quite know how to get there and maybe doesn't have the community yet around them to kind of support them and help them answer questions, especially about business planning and business legal and business branding. Awesome. I've seen it on Instagram, your announcements with your branding for it and everything. Of course, it's spot on because you're such so good at branding. So that's very exciting. And 
I encourage everybody to go online and check it out. Again, all that information will be in the show notes. And we thank you so much, Michelle Winterstein, for coming on the Wingnut Social Podcast today. And we want you to have a great day. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks, guys. So, Wingnuts, that's it for this episode of the Wingnut Social Podcast. Michelle Winterstein really knocked it out of the park. She definitely knows her Pinterest. I can attest that since we've sharpened up our graphics and our hashtags and done little thumbnails on the Darla Powell Interiors Pinterest page, that our website traffic from Pinterest has increased a lot. Definitely a lot more people from the blog. When I go on Google Analytics, Pinterest is right up there with Facebook for us, which was number one. It usually kind of volleys between one, two, one, two, depending on when I look at it. So it's a very, very helpful tool to grab potential clients, get some real ROI to your website for your design business. So that's it for this episode. If you guys like what you hear, go on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check us out. Hit the little subscribe button over there on iTunes. Tell all your friends about it. We really appreciate you guys checking in and listening. Until next time. Cheers. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened.